0: Yeah, Uh, welcome to the serious seminar for uh, March 20th, 2019. Today we have with us Dr. Satish Kumar uh, who comes to us from Coastal Carolina University. Uh, He does uh, a lot of work in uh, security of mobile devices, uh, Internet of Things, uh, also works with machine learning, uh, has a, a wide variety of interests that tie in, in with things that we do in Sirius. Uh, we can almost claim he has Indiana roots. Uh, he did his education, his graduate work was done just across the river in Louisville. Uh, but uh, then he headed east rather than coming north and west. So we, uh, we had to bring him back here. So welcome to Dr. Kumar. Hi everyone. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here and give a talk
1: on uh, cyber security in this series <coughs> seminar. So I will I will go over uh, my work with students uh, on the securing IoT-based cyber-physical human systems against diverse attacks. So uh, I'll start the talk with the introduction to the problem, the motivation, um, and the, the security framework. Uh, that we have developed to address these attacks and also some of the experiments that has been done in these areas for cyber physical systems and the uh, IoT uh, simulation attacks. And finally I will conclude the talk with a summary and the future work directions. So let me start with the introduction and the motivation. So, what is cyber-physical systems? What is cyber-physical systems? Like anybody like?
0: Involving, so, I mean, I would say systems that involve computers, humans, and the real world.
1: So cyber aspects and the, yeah, you're right. Like cyber aspects, yes
0: um would that include things like biometric scanners or eye scanners or things that implement a device that directly interacts with a human physical interface
1: sure so basically it involves the cyber components as well as the physical components that interacts with the cyber system but now like if we involve human systems in that right so it becomes more complicated right like human directly interacting with the cyber aspects and the physical aspects so the, the concept of Internet of Things is coming up, right? Like, so it, it kind of like is an enabler to develop these systems, implement these systems, cyber-physical systems, um, and along with Internet of Things and cyber-physical system, the dynamic nature of the human, right? Unpredictability nature of the human is 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 very difficult to model and like involve integrate within the cyber-physical systems. So let's look at that with an example here, right? So so one of the important cyber-physical systems that we could see, like in real life, is aviation cyber-physical systems. So um, it is very critical system, cyber-physical system. So as you could see here, uh, physical system could be like the, the dynamic, physical dynamic aspects Along with the cyber aspects of, so for for example, the cyber aspects could be here like the communications between the land uh, system and the wireless, like in the space systems, right? And also the the softwares that go in between, like activating that like network, the data integrity aspects. Um, and to add to that, right, the human component, right, which kind of where, like for example, the pilots interacting with these controllers, the flight controllers, right. So a lot of controls happening between different components, right. That makes it more complex, and it is very important, critical to make sure there is a safety and security aspects of that. Right. So, so this is a very good example. Uh, case scenario, use case scenario for cyber-physical human systems. So, as you could see, like we all know that secu- safety is a very important aspect of this uh, aviation cyber-physical systems, right? And on top of that, security is is, is also very critical here, right? Um, like because it kind of inter- there's an interlink between the safety and security. And moreover, like so there is um, the the Attack space, right? The space is also increasing. The surface area is increasing, right? With so many components uh, interacting, right? And the possibility of attacks are also very high. And and on top of that, as you could see, like there are multiple opportunities for the attackers, right? To collude, interleave, and attack, right? So that kind of results in very complicated cyber-physical systems attacks, right? And the systems kind of behaves in Byzantine fashion. And as a result, the securing that system is very much tougher, right? So interacting interaction between cyber, physical, and human systems in this important aviation systems. So for example, like, just in the cyber aspects, right, network. Wireless networks is part of that cyber network, cyber aspects. There are so many possible attacks are possible here, right, like for example, you could have like denial of service attacks, could have like uh, the wireless intruders, like misconfiguration of the access points between various levels, phishing attacks. And to add to that, the human aspects, right? So, as you could see, like um, like from the 2014 IBM study, that like 95% of the attacks, cybersecurity related threat issues were kind of due to human issues, right? So, that human issues could be like um, uh, from uh, intentional errors or it could be unintentional errors, it could be like malicious attacks. Somebody could like, uh, uh, compromise their identity, right, and uh, like users, humans' identity, and also like possibility of breach in the privacy. Right? so all these are part of this human-related uncertainty. So, also uh, there's a lot of research is needed, right, like uh, to um, uh, to study this dynamic nature of this human involvement in the cyber-physical systems. As well as the collaborative attacks that is possible with these human systems, and especially like with bias and all that, like modeling the bias and the tools needed for that. So the so the motivation for the the, the research is basically like um, how to like create predictive models, right? Uh, taking into account this dynamic nature of the human involvement. And also, like, a possibility of having a good integrated intrusion prevention, detection, and detection framework that can be implemented in an integrated fashion. Right? So, um, and also, like, there's there's a very high-level need of um, intervention is needed to Uh, detect the attacks and respond as soon as possible, right? So that could be need of like vulnerability assessment as well. So to address these issues, uh, this is the the, the framework that we have been developing uh, as shown here. So basically like we could model um, like IoT-based cyber physical systems as different factors like human factors, uh, the important cyber factors, the uh, attack factors that could help so once we if we can identify some of these factors right we could identify the important factors that could be helpful to detect threats right threat index right we can do vulnerability assessment and then identify the parameters to to detect threat in the system cyber physical system so once we calculate like ident- calculate the threat index right, and compare that with a threshold, response and protection action can be taken to ensure this the system gets into the stable manner. Stability is achieved. So so there is kind of a control loop, right? That, and it needs to be always activated right like with the threat detection and the response so so like machine learning data mining can be kind of used to identify the parameters detect the threat and take action so it's kind of analogous to like a, f- um, a f- like a biological model right like where like Uh, virus is detected and an antivirus can be subjected to uh, identify the attack and take action, right, like based on the body parameters. So so, so we can keep computing threat index over a period of time and based on um, like comparing it with the threshold, we can detect the attack and take response actions. So again, so the threat index could be some kind of uh, levels that can be come up with, like 1 to 10. So 1 to 3 is normal level, 3 to uh, 7 is like uncertain level, like 7 to 10 is like uh, vulnerable level, right? Like, or the action needs to be taken immediately. So this could be computed using fuzzy logic or like any other machine learning techniques. And whatever the number that we can come up with, the threat index, that kind of quantifies the vulnerability of the network or a node or the system itself. So um, the estimation ar- architecture, like threat index estimation architecture, we can we came up with is as shown here. Like so basically, like once we identify the parameters, like cyber parameters or uh, physical parameters, human system parameters, uh, we could, for a particular attack, right? So these parameters can be fed into this fuzzification system uh, sub- or component in the architecture, and that uh, the CRISP values can be converted to like uh, fuzzified values, fuzzy membership functions, and that can be fed to this inference engine, right? So for example, if you have like Three parameters with three different um, levels, right? Like normal level, uh, uncertain level, uh, vulnerable level. Like we'll have like three power three rules. And uh, each rule will be used to compute this inference engine for final threat index at a given time t, right? Using this defasification model. So finally, like this threat index. is the calculator from diversification can be used to quantify whether the node node or a network uh, or the system is under threat so this is how the um, the rule strengths and the rule output are being used to calculate this threat index like for example uh, if you have three uh, parameters and three levels like there will be like 27 rules and uh, for each rule um, the summation of the weight and the output uh, will be used to calculate the threat index. So for example here like if n1 is under attack um, like the the parameters can be measured the cyber aspects or physical aspects uh, or human aspects of the parameters at node one can be uh, uh, used uh, and and fed into the the machine learning or fuzzy fuzzy framework to compute threat index at node n one to identify whether a node is under attack or not. So once a node is identified, whether it is under attack, like uh, uh, the response framework can be subjected to that node, uh, uh, like to the neighboring nodes in that uh, in that system, where the node is under attack, right? and uh, a corrective action can be taken to identify the intruder that causes this attack and isolate from the system. So for example, like if uh, we have like five nodes uh, that is near to this node N1, which is under attack. And um, by measuring the parameters, uh, important parameters that is uh, that can be sourced from the neighboring nodes, uh, we can identify uh, based on the uh, flags and the counters, like uh, uh, identify which node is uh, uh, like. Is the intruder and take response actions, uh, isolate the node uh, or uh, take corrective action for those nodes that are near to this node under attack. So we conducted some simulation experiments for this uh, for the IoT system uh, to identify uh, the parameters for different attacks right? and and calculate TI and take action so um, uh, Contiki, always with Kuja simulator was used to um, simulate threat models um, like with uh, ipv6 RPL uh, routing protocol for the uh, loss power and uh, noisy networks so uh, were used and we used like uh, so one sync node right that kind of gets the information, right, uh, and 25 nodes, that sends the information to this sync node, right? So basically like, like 25 nodes uh, um, will be sending the packets like every one, like one minute. Right? Um, so uh, as a result, like for four minutes, total four-minute <coughs> simulation, like the source sync node will receive 100, 100 packets. So that is the simulation. And that is, uh, we had a like one minute warm up time in the simulation. Right? After that, um, this um, r- uh, protocol, uh, destination oriented direct cyclic graph will be negotiated, and the node is and the system is formed. The network is formed. So uh, we uh, conducted the experiments like for three times, like with three different uh, random seats. And uh, So each time uh, the simulation was conducted with, uh, like, in f- the five-minute period, with 25 nodes sending their data to the SYNC node, a total of 100 packets. And um, like for the energy consumption, energy usage of these nodes, like, uh, so we uh, uh, the we use this power trace plugin uh, that is included in Contiki to kind of trace the energy usage in this each of those nodes, right? So, so the sync node is doing all the work, right? Like, receiving all the packets from all the 25 nodes. Uh, So they were kind of working in 100% of the time, whereas like, all the collect nodes were only working one percentage of the um, um, time, right? And and, uh, the whole network, like, averaged about like five percentage throughput during the simulation. So we uh, implemented uh, several attacks. One of them was the sinkhole with a selective f- forwarding attack. Right. So, so the concept of sinkhole is basically like, so it kind of attracts the node, malicious node attracts the other nodes. Right. Like. Uh, as if it is the good node that kind of sends the uh, like that can act as a router right? so um, so by just forwarding these control packets right all the other nodes are attracted to this node and what what this malicious node does is like it it will not send the transfer the data packets right? It will only transfer the control packets. So to implement that, um, uh, what we've used is uh, so basically like this malicious node, which is 26, uh, kind of advertised that uh, that it can send the control messages right um, to the other nodes, like whereas one is the uh, is the real control real sync node right um, so um, so we altered the the, the code to uh, drop the packets for this node 26 so um, so it will only send this control messages not the data packets so um, uh, when we looked at the packet drop and the energy usage parameter um, so uh, in the three control trials, so uh, uh, so the malicious sync processed like 44, like average 40 percentage of the packets, whereas uh, the real uh, non-malicious sync node processed only 60 percentage of the nodes. So it would have processed 100 percentage, but in reality, due to this malicious node it only processed 60 percentage of the nodes. So that indicates that like packet drop could be used to identify this attack. Like uh, selective forwarding attack sinkhole with selective forwarding attack. Whereas like energy usage was not that much uh, made any difference. So the another Attack that was simulated uh, in um, uh, using KUJA simulator uh, is swarmhole attack. So, uh, so, um, so basically, in this swarmhole attack, two nodes kind of collude, right, and form and form a link. Um, thereby, um, it kind of dupes the nodes that uh, as if they can do a better job than the other nodes. Right and forwarding the packets. So, um, so by doing this, this attacker can control the routing of the network, and um, also it allows the like attacker to bypass the router or even the bigger networks. So that we used. Uh, the concept of directed graph radio medium in the simulator to model this attack. And where we used like nodes 7 and 10 um, to to be used as the malicious nodes that they collude. Right. Um, so basically like uh, using the strong radio signal in the simulator. So in reality, like we can use the powerful simulator for powerful transmitters uh, to simulate this kind of attacks. So when we looked at the uh, effect of packet uh, packet drop or the energy consumption, there was not much of uh, difference. Like, uh, it didn't we could not identify any difference like um, with and without attacks. So um, so So probably like these parameters are not uh, may not be a good indicator for for this attack like. Packet loss and energy usage may not be a good indicator uh, for a, for a wormhole attack. So we may f- come up with find uh, additional parameters, other parameters that would be able to identify this attack. Um, so another possible attack uh, is clone attacks. Right here, a node can be like cloned with with malicious intent. Right. So, um, so basically, like we can cont- we can copy the logical attributes of for for a given node, right, which is non-malicious in nature, and uh, and the friends or or the other nodes in the network will be attracted to this cloned node, which will actually malicious in nature. So to simulate that, um, so basically, like what we did is like we disabled that uh, uh, simulator's check for for duplicate nodes, and and we then actually duplicated a node, right? So basically, like um, the non-malicious node twenty six, we cloned um, with another node that with the same address, right? Uh, so as a result of this cloned node, like so, this kind of causes. Uh, instability among all the other nodes in the network. So uh, uh, when we looked at the packet drop, so that kind of, uh, we could see there is, uh, uh, again, depending on the uh, uh, run, there was change in the number of packets processed, right? Um, so out of 100 packets in the trial one, like we are like 69 packets processed, and in the trial to 91. So it's kind of, there is, uh, it, there's not consistency, right? This could be due to, um, um, it, because these two nodes kind of sending dif- different signals, right, uh, to the other nodes. So that could be the reason uh, that there is a difference in the number of packets processed between these two between these different trials. So, um, so basically, like, y- yes, that's possible. This could be used as a um, parameter to identify this kind of attacks, like right? because there is a there is a change in the number of packets processed from the control uh, simulation. So again, there is uh, we could also see the difference in the energy consumption. Uh, in this attack, um, so uh, as we could see, like um, uh, some uh, some of the nodes, like uh, that is neighboring to this cloned nodes, right, seems to do, seems to be doing a, like more work, right, by measuring this energy consumption. So um, so so we we could kind of. Uh, come, come to a conclusion that energy usage can be identified as one of the parameters for, for, for this clone attacks, as, as does the packet drop. So the last attack that we simulated uh, is, is denial-of-service attacks. Um, so we are here. Uh, so basically here like as you would know like a, um, uh, the nodes kind of bombard the sync node right with packets uh, so thereby uh, uh, thereby it does it does a disservice to the other non malicious nodes right the the sync node um, so this is an important attack because of the the resources like asymmetry in the uh, in the iot network right so uh, the resources is is not that that much high to kind of serve all the nodes like if there is a uh, attacker that kind of uses all the resources so um, um so this is an important attack and uh, so there are other approaches that uh, that uh, Addresses this denial of service attack, so there is kind of some kind of trade-off between the, the detection rate and the overhead that is being used, that is being, uh, that is available to detect the attack. So, um, so to address this issue of overhead, like uh, our motivation is, can we use these simple parameters like packet drop, energy consumption, energy usage to identify, detect, and attack efficiently? So, uh, to um, uh, test this, to simulate uh, this attack, again, like we used, uh, um, uh, so 25 nodes, um, and where like 24 nodes send one packet per minute, whereas the malicious node sends 100 data packets per second. So, as a result of this, the sync node is bombarded with so many packets from this malicious node during this simulation. And um, so, um, the results that we saw for this packet drop is like, um, sort of this, like from now, from non-malicious nodes, like uh, that, could have sent like 100 packets without any mali- any any, uh, um, uh, any malicious node, right? Like out of that, like average 92 packets were processed, right? Like if you add like four legitimate packets that could have been sent, we could kind of come to a conclusion: 96 packets would have been processed. Um, so whereas like out of the um, uh, 24,000 packets that were sent by the mal- uh, malicious node, only 6 um, percentage, or r- roughly about 1,500 packets were processed. So still we can con- kind of come to a conclusion that um, packet drop can be used um, as, as a parameter to identify uh, denial-of-service attack. Um, so again, uh, for, for the energy consumption uh, again like uh, there was some difference some uh, there was some change that we could see right like uh, uh, like with without any attack the whole network was like kind of uh, performing under like 5% range, range right with with this attack it increased to like 5.5% uh, and we could see the difference, like, uh, especially in the nodes uh, in that path from malicious node to the sink, right? Um, so, for example, like, uh, the malicious node was in the node, like, was identified as node 26, um, uh, was simulated with 26, uh, the node 26, whereas, like, the path between that was doing a lot of work, 26 to 10 to 6 to 1. so. We could identify uh, those nodes are in energy usage is increasing. So we could kind of uh, identify. We could use that as a parameter. So that that's the that that could be the one of the conclusion that we came to. So with uh, with these parameters, like for a denial of service attack, we calculated threat index and um, um, with and without. Um, so with uh, attacks, simulated uh, threat models implemented, like the threat index uh, came down. Like, once we take action on those nodes, um, the threat index comes down. So um, so this kind of uh, demonstrates that um, p- the important parameters can be used uh, to identify the node and take action, right, um, and cause the, uh, like the system to be stable so um so another this was this simulation work i was was working with my student uh, whereas like i'm going to talk about a vulnerability assessment work uh, that i uh, was working with one of the uh, the researcher uh, at Honeywell uh, for the aviation systems <coughs> so this is more aviation cyber physical systems aspects um so, uh, so here we looked at uh, vulnerability assessment between uh, the, the, the data between the ground networks and the, uh, the aircraft wireless networks. And also the, wi- uh, the vulnerability assessment between the software, the cyber system that is used for the flight book and the data loader. Right? And um, so we have different uh, cyber physical systems that has been assessed. Right? For example, like the uh, hardware, like network interface controller, the networks, the, uh, the software that goes with the, the data loader and the, the flight book. So we looked at uh, different tools um, like this, uh, open servers, uh, test servers, and the test networks, and the, uh, f- to assess. The vulnerability of the system from uh, from attacks as well as uh, from the penetration testing per- perspective. So, that's some of the important tools that we used for the vulnerability assessments are like Nessus uh, to identify the the vulnerability of these open test uh, networks and test servers, and also like. Um, um, used penetration test tools like uh, Metasploit and Backtrack uh, to exploit some of the vulnerabilities. For for different attacks like denial of service attacks. So this experiment is basically like more from cyber physical systems aspects. So, some of the previous preliminary experiments on just on IOT based environment and the cyber physical systems are uh, are fairly successful and um, so main like uh, my planned future work like I've been working with uh, professor Bhargava on this like uh, um, like involving human aspects um, to do uh, and also like do uh, like intrusion prevention and also like um, uh, fault tolerant replication or in, autonomic, auto, like having more autonomic uh, features included in this intrusion response and uh, intrusion tolerance. Uh, so this um, and also like, like, like possi- there is a good possibility of doing like um, uh, vulnerability assessment involving um, not only the cyber factors but also the human factors. So to summarize, we proposed like a holistic framework to mitigate IoT-based cyber-physical human systems. Like the concept of using, like can we use, identify parameters from different systems, cyber, physical, and human systems, um, and use that to detect and respond from attacks. Um, So um, Simulations of common threat models using IoT uh, simulators are s- fairly successful. Um, however, like having like um, involving threat modeling involving human factors and uh, human biases, uh, dynamic human involvement uh, is critical, and need, um, and and uh, uh, the future work will be concentrated towards that. Any questions? So, uh,
2: in the recent Boeing plane, uh, seems like there is some kind of a, not attack, but some failure. And they're trying to say that the pilots are not trained or they don't have the experience to deal with the problem because uh, cyber failure is Requiring some intervention. <coughs> so, what kind of uh, attacks and failures can human beings cause? I, I I realize this. The environment, physical environment, gets attacked by the by the computer, software and hardware attacks. But what? How can you?
1: are there for human? So the thing is like, there's a possibility we can confuse um, the rational thinking of the human, right? Like, um, so cyber aspects with the physical aspects. Um, so because un- like the human cannot think 100% rational all the time. Mm-hmm. so. So there's possibility that could be exploited. Um, confusing. Um,
2: so the attack is on the human.
1: Right, like the human thinking. Okay. Um, <coughs> so again, like, so the thing is, can we can we model that bias, hmm. and model that rationality, right? and how we can? What are the parameters that could that could be kind of used?
2: so like computers are driving you crazy. Right. I mean, I, I, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, listening to National Public Radio this morning, or maybe yesterday, and they were talking about in the machine learning, you know, there is a lot of bias. Right. And I think that may be something that can be modeled, and they were talking about some psychologists who need to look into it, so.
1: <clears throat> sure, I was, like, I was in fact, I was talking to Professor Karthik uh, this morning, right? huh. so yeah, we were discussing about that like how we can um, like, s- like The machine learning systems are like Are not doing the right thing right like, yes. because it's not trained properly so again like um, Yeah, that's a very important problem <coughs> right? um, How to avoid bias in the machine learning systems. So that is a big problem on its own uh, so uh, yeah, so future work like I'm planning to kind of work with uh, with Professor Karthik on that.
2: But bringing the human into the into the uh, paradigm of I mean or in the loop that makes the problem even more challenging. So I think you are on the right track on cyber-physical human systems.
1: Especially like yeah, with now machine learning's. Are being kind of used for, um, like, even detect, like detecting and the the responding, like. So again, like, if human is not as susceptible to the machine learning algorithms, are going to have the same um, issues. So, so uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, as yeah, very saying, nice topic. Like, it's a very important problem.
0: And I was going to say, the question in your kind of intrusion, in the intrusion detection or the response, are there things that, you know, signals coming from the human that you involve in that? And I mean, perhaps not explicit, like, for example, uh, noting that a, you know, a human perhaps keeps hitting a button might suggest. That there should have been a response and there wasn't, and so that there's something under attack. Are there there are ways that you explicitly model the human somehow, the, the, you know, the human interaction with this system being yeah. an identifier identifier of a vulnerability? Sure, or, like or so, of a threat? so.
1: So basically, like probably, like uh, we could kind of uh, again, similar to a machine learning problem, like like. Um, You can have the data like in a normal situation how the human will perform over a period of time, and like if some kind of um, uh, attacks are performed against human, like what what kind of how the signals like uh, what what are the signals changes? Um, So maybe can we tap that parameter? Um, um, That could be like and again like so that could be used. The, system, the whole system that kind of um, i that kind of um, identifies the attack or responds to the attack so i think again yeah I think that's a good that's a good way to kind of look at like can we tap in those signals mm-hmm. um, like brain computer interface
0: I have one other question. You 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 noted at the end that the CPHS approach identified some vulnerabilities in the aviation systems that had not been others. You may not be able to talk about this, but can you give an example of uh, kind of a, a vulnerability that was identified using this approach that hadn't been identified previously, or you know what's specifically about thinking of it as a CPHS? Um, Resulted in detecting, in identifying something that hadn't been previously found?
1: So, like CPS versus CPHS?
0: Yeah, yeah. And what was, was there something specific, you know, a, an example of something specific that you were able to, to detect I, I because I think, of I
1: think as Professor Bargava mentioned, like kind of confusing the human being. Yeah.
0: So, you actually found some specific examples where you could point to that becoming a problem or?
1: like uh, as uh, like a pilot right like yeah. like can the like instead of direct doing a direct attack on the the physical system or cyber system uh, can we uh, uh, can we confuse the pil- pilot itself because that's that's more vulnerable than like doing something in the um, yeah because pilot controls the whole thing well,
2: well um a cyber attack could make the pilot even more tired and not only confused, but stressed, and then behaves differently. Yeah. And then uh, the response time of a human is much lower than of from a cyber solution. So I think somewhere we can model the the way the human reacts to problems versus the autonomous cyber system reacts to the to the problems mm-hmm. um, one could you know be just going ad hoc you know by you know just guessing what to do, whereas the other one is following some method and algorithm which is confusing. Uh, the system right or
1: can can a, like a machine learning algorithm take place when the when there is a confusion like can that drive the system
2: so what you saying what you saying is the, the autonomous system, system right. autonomous cyber system could incorporate the human behavior to to make a better learning model and better better response better response yeah.
0: Any other questions? I'd like to thank our speaker, thank Dr.